Welcome to Unleashed. And don't forget to join us on Patreon for early access and exclusive content. Here are the guys. James, do you see my neck? Do you see the lack of leash around my neck? Do you know why that is? Because all you see is smooth, supple skin. And it's because we're unleashed, baby. That's what's happening right now. And you're a blue pumpkin. And I like that. This is a That's far right. better costume than my Slimer one on the live stream. Yes, the leash is, <laughs> the leash is off. Your leash is off. Mm. It's Halloween also. We should bring out if it's Halloween. Ooh, trick-or-treat. Ooh. Look, look, look Ooh, what I got, trick-or-treat. I got, I, I got a Pikachu Pez dispenser. You got that trick-or-treating? No, I'm giving this to my nephew. But, oh, no. Oh, well, sorry, that's nephew. Not, You're getting a broken thing. This one? Oh, that's neat. And this is for my that's nieces. Really These are for my nieces. And this is my favorite. If there's, Squirtles. If there's Squirtles. a Gengar one, that's the one I want. He's this the is Tubasaur. Bulbasaur, James. Yep. And this one's Squirtle. I know Squirtle. Mm-hmm. Gengar is the only one I care about, though. I don't know what that is. He's the purple um, ghost man. But, but no, yeah, it, it's Halloween. It's Halloween. I did buy 90 chocolate, like mini chocolate bars to hand out. I live in the woods. No kids are coming. Mm, I'll be eating 90 mini chocolate bars. <laughs> Anyway, let's get right to the thick of things. We've got a really cool show today, Andrew. Yeah, we do. We wanted to talk about something that's Star Wars-y and Halloween-y. And there's not a lot. There's, you know, that's a, that's a barren well so far. Uh, there's those Tales from Vader's Castle comics that have been coming out. I haven't read any of them. but I really start, kind of- I got to cut you off. I'm dying to yeah. read the new one with Jabba on the cover. I know. I'm dying to read it. But, and I wanted to do it for today, for like a little show today for Patreons. The problem is... I don't know where to buy comics. <laughs> I still haven't figured out where to buy comics where I live. So when it comes in the the big thing, the graphic novel that you like to buy, yeah. the paperback thing, I will get that version of it for sure. There's got to be just like a woodsman who wanders around your area who's like, hey, I got comics in here. You want? I'll trade you some acorns for I these went, comics. I did go to a shop and they had a, a like a cardboard box and it said comic books. <laughs> and I oh, picked, wow. And I was with my, my nephew and I was like, oh, look, comics. He goes, yeah. We go to pick it up. And it was just full of like plastic grocery bags. <laughs> there were no oh. comic books. I was like, this is gross. Put it back, got hand sanitizer, washed up, went in, scraped skin off my hands. So we're good. Oh, that's yeah. sad. My, ugh. Wow. I apologize on behalf of <laughs> every store everywhere for, for their <laughs> I get grossed out easily. People should know that about me. I get very, very grossed out. I need to. All right, what are we talking about? Well, we're talking about something that's going to gross you out. We're talking about the Star Wars episodes, uh, Clone Wars episodes, excuse me. It's a different war. Um, particularly uh, episode season two, episode seven, and season two, episode eight. Mm. They're called Legacy of Terror and Brain Invaders because they are the most Halloween-y Star Wars thing, I think, that exists right now, as aside, far as we know. Aside from those comics and the novel that I think I brought up every Halloween, except for this one, which I will now, uh, Death Troopers, the novel, the Legends novel, now Legends, Death Troopers, which I actually have a lot of fun with that book, but that is, uh, that's zombie, I don't know if you've read it, Andrew, but that's zombie stormtroopers, and it has Han and Chewie and zombie stormtroopers. It's a lot of fun. It is a lot of fun, I will say. The book is a lot of fun. But this, as far as canon is, is concerned, and visually, like, in a visual medium, because I guess, well, books, I guess, are visual, but, you know, when we have to use your imagination, this is the only time we've been exposed to a horror-type Star War. Yeah, something horrific, something creepy, and we wanted to give all you guys out there, all our supporters, something 
spooky, exactly, something like that, that would, you know, entice James to do that with his fingers and mouth, something Halloween-y. And we don't really have a lot of that in stores, but we wanted to sort of crack down and find it. And I think we hit that sweet spot here. I think we found it. Um, now, is this uh, is this for Patreon only, correct? Is that what this video is oh, all no, about? Oh, no, Andrew. How, how about you bring that up? This is for everybody, but there will That's be a Clone everybody. Wars specific show coming soon. That is right. And that Clone Wars specific show is going to be the show we've been promising cloning around it is patreon exclusive but we wanted to sort of give you guys a heads up about that because it is going to be in-depth giant coverage of every single episode of clone wars james and i and whoever wants to guest star and be on the show come on talking about clone wars and just really getting under the nitty-gritty just like we did with rebels and yeah. i rebel because we want to give all of our patreon homies uh, content that you know that that's worth all those imperial credits they're throwing our way. Actually, you know what we haven't done in a while, James. You know what we haven't done? Nope. A contest. We haven't had contests. You're just or, throwing a contest on us now. I'm okay. just gonna you know I'm gonna throw a contest. I I may have thrown this contest into motion what? an hour before we rolled camera. All right. Contest got, time. Who's in I've this contest? Hat. Look Who's at this hat. Wait, it's full of names. What names though? Like anybody I know? Am I in there? You might be. Uh, it's full of names of people, and I wrote them on they, sticky paper, so they're they, kind of sticking together. Are they together. for, like, everybody, or is it just Patreon exclusive contest? Who is in this contest? Is this, it people, people that Super Chat on Mondays? What's going on? This is a Patreon exclusive contest. All right. It's, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be for our Patreon homies to show our support to them for their support. And here's what you can win. All right. I got this Riddler hat, by the way, because it's my, my it's Halloween your, it's costume. It's a Halloween costume that you're going to oh, wear yeah. tomorrow on a Patreon exclusive video, but not today on Halloween. That's but right. I'm, I'm actually going to wear it tomorrow to work as well. So I'll be Amazing. teaching kids while we're dressed as the Riddler. Um, but what is going to happen here is we are giving away a prize, and it is a very fun prize. It is a action figure. That's right. An action figure of one of the coolest looking characters right now in Star Wars canon. Her name is Zori Bliss. We're going to give away a three and three quarter inch vintage series action figure of Sorry Bliss. That's what's happening right now. Can you hold on a second? Yes, I can. I'm just going to go on Patreon and <laughs> so I can get in this damn contest. Uh, okay. Zori so you got Zori Bliss. This is for Patreon. You can join us. You can pick up the name, Andrew. You could join us on Patreon for as little as $1 a month. We've got a whole bunch of exclusive shows, including Cloning Around, which is our Clone Wars in-depth recap, recovery, rewatch show. Uh, and then it goes all the way up, and there's so many. You can even go as far as appearing on something to do with Rebels Come Podcast. If you watched on Monday, Jeff Wilson was there. We got so many more Patreons coming up for the month of November and December. It's going to be so much fun. Part of our journey to the Rise of Skywalker, and the journey on this channel for Rise of Skywalker begins tomorrow. Andrew, who won the Zori Bliss Vintage? Was it me? Zori Bliss Vintage is won by, drumroll please, Tony Comstock. Oh, Tony Comstock. Congratulations. Your name was pulled from the Riddler hat. You are walking away with a Zori blow. Well, not you don't have to walk away. You're, we're sending it to you. So you're not doing any walking what's, unless you count going to your mailbox. But a Zori Bliss three and three quarter inch uh, vintage series, that's the name, action figure is headed your way. I'm, I'm going to be completely honest with you. And I know you're a huge Black Series guy, mm -hmm. but... Uh, good friend, my good friend, my good friend, Aaron Quinton was like, you gotta start getting the vintage, James. And I said, how dare you? So I did. 
I'm very, mm. but this, so I got this for five dollars on Amazon, five or six dollars on Amazon, and I have the solo, the Alden Ehrenreich solo one, which I got for five dollars at EB Games. I'm not gonna lie, Andrew, I don't like spending paying seventeen ninety nine Canadian for this, but this packaging is gorgeous AF. It is absolutely beautiful to look at, and uh, anyway, it's very nice packaging. Yeah. Um, I didn't grow up with the Kenner toys, so that nostalgia doesn't hit me as much. But I do like the packaging. I am a fan of it. I like when I see it. I even like how the the Marvel comics uh, they've been doing, you know, variant covers with those packagings. It's really mm-hmm. cool. But uh, yeah, for me, it's I'm picky. It's Black Series or nothing. Six inch Black Series. Or I, hey, look, they're doing the Zori Bliss, uh, the Zori, the Zori, whatever, the Black Series of of her. Yeah. Uh, but I'm. Honestly, I'm thinking about making that switch. I'm thinking about it. They're a little bit cheaper, and the packaging is a little bit cooler. I mean, like, it's it's nice. Like, this is like you put this on display. That, like, yes. It's a completely different type of thing. We'll say it is, yeah. And I do take mine out of the box, so yes. I would lose the well, packaging anyway. I, I am. I re- I'm going to be taking mine out. And actually, we should tell everybody about this. Also, you're going to be the one doing that for me on a James unboxing by Andrew Fantasia, where you come over and just rip all my black series out and set them up. Anyway, let's get into these Clone Wars episodes. We've blabbered on long enough. Tony, congratulations on that. Andrew, let's go. All right. What did you think of, uh, so you rewatched this, this, uh, this morning. What did you, how long has it been since you've seen these two episodes and what, what did you take away from them? You know, I think I watched them, um, the last time two or three years ago when we first started doing the podcast and I was like, Brock, we got to do a Halloween special. And he was like, yeah, and I rewatched them then, and I haven't in years. I don't own them. I should be upfront about that. I don't own them. Um, I just no, I know. I just kind of I own the movie, but I just kind of missed. I just kind of missed it. They were always like a little bit more expensive than I had, and blah, blah, blah. and then they were on Netflix. I'm like, well, why would I buy them? They're on Netflix. Then they were gone. I was like, oh, so you hooked me up with them, and uh, I have to say, I put it on, and I was like, yeah, I'll enjoy these, whatever. But but they're like filler episodes and all that. I loved these episodes. I don't think I liked them this much when I saw them for the first time or even the last time I watched them. But this time I was like, I was all in and I was like, I was so happy it was two. It was like a two-parter because I was yeah. like, I'm like, if this storyline ends, I'm bummed. I want more of this. And even now I'm like, I mean, I'm kind of okay with it anyway. I did, but I'm like, I do want more of this. Yeah. Clone Wars was incredible with doing really grown up, mature storylines um more so than i think sometimes even the movies themselves do clone wars really got mature about it uh we'll get there when we get there when we do cloning around but i'll just say really quickly like i've been re-watching to get in the mood for cloning around and i just watched like a two episode thing where it was like padme and bail organa are dealing with the senate who want to decommit uh deregulate uh the the banking so that they can take out another loan and, and buy more clone troopers. And I'm like, this is the most exciting thing I've ever seen. And they're just talking about like taxes and interest. And it, it was just done so well. They took mature themes and made it work in Star Wars. And this is just part of that giant pie of mature galactic storytelling. We have, in essence, uh, it's not really a zombie story, but it is very close yeah. to one. And well, they, it, it's it's horrific. It is. It's really scary at times. They go right into like at one point it's full fledged zombie. Like they don't say it, but they say it. They're like they're not alive. Mm. They're dead, and they're coming after you. And, and the mannerisms that these 
they have they, now the clones are and you hate zombie movies we should point that out also you hate all yes. the zombies. but they they were a little bit more uh they had a little bit more life to them than zombie because they were they weren't um the undead they were more being controlled by something yeah it was like i don't know if anybody out there ever read animorphs books <laughs> i was I was in love with, I still am in love with Animorphs. I've never read the whole series. I would love to one day. But in Animorphs, there were these little slug aliens called Yerks that would go inside your brain and then they would control you like a puppet. So you'd be talking and whatever and you wouldn't realize that I'm a Yerk and I'd just be like, yes, I'm your old friend Andrew that you've totally known this whole time. Nothing suspicious going on here. Look over there for a second. Uh, but then, you know, they would be doing some like Illuminati stuff behind the scenes. That's what was going on here with these Geonosian worms. When they crawled into a clone's brain, the clone wasn't just like, uh, he was walking around talking, you know, fooling Ahsoka and being like, yeah, I'm on your side, Captain Ahsoka. Mm -hmm. Why don't you turn around for a second? <laughs> don't mind this gun I'm holding. They're, they're, that made it a million times scarier. And it came from Geonosis, which is a terrifying place. The Geonosian queen is horrific. Amazing. Yeah, that, um, that was my favorite part of the of this two parter was on Geonosis when because that was they really you could see I don't whoever whoever was the director and the whoever was in charge of this one they were they were salivating in the horror aspect of it they didn't go too far because it is a cartoon and animated for kids and all that they didn't go too too far but they were right there they were like they're walking this fine line of what's too scary and they were hitting it when when the two clones leave to go check the perimeter outside to go relay the message. And they, they, that was done just like any horror movie you watch, any big budget, low budget horror movie. It was done that way, but again, a little bit restrained. Yeah. Uh, I think Dave Filoni and company are very good at doing that, especially in Clone Wars. They're really good at looking at something that's not Star Wars and saying, let's take this and put Star Wars on top of it. They did it here with zombies. They did it with, like, they took Godzilla and put Star Wars on it. They took Die Hard and put Star Wars on it. They, they're so good at that. And this was just, it was a breath of fresh air because it wasn't just, you know, hey, look, droids, let's get them. It was a full-on horrific yeah. story. And they even had some really fun moments in there um, when Luminara was sort of tied up uh, by the Queen's throne. And Anakin's like, oh, my God, we got to do something. And they're about to put the, the, the slug thing in her head. And Obi-Wan's just standing there, and he's like, what do you think? The ear or the nose? How do you think it's going to go in? Like, yeah. they, I, I've probably never laughed so hard during Star Wars than I did during that scene where Obi-Wan's like, hey, I want to see how this happens. And Luminar's like, I don't. I'm yeah, fine she, with happening. She's just tired of like, ah. But he has the plan. And, that, and you get to really see in that moment especially the relationship between Anakin and, 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 and Obi-Wan Kenobi. These two characters mm -hmm. that we know from the original trilogy have a type bond and a relationship and they're good friends. But in the prequels, you don't get too much. Get, I think you get enough of it, but people complain you don't. But this series, you know, has people have gone on record saying this is the one that rectified that for them. This episode really, well, the first one really, really, really showed it. I also, when I was watching it, I was like, you know, I remember Ahsoka. I remember Ahsoka being dealing with these. I guess she gets off scot-free. Uh-uh-uh. Uh-uh-uh. And that was... And it's I got I got to bring I got to rewind on this one. When you watch Ahsoka now, she has a conversation in this one about the Jedi and the Jedi Order. And when you know where her story goes, there's so much more weight on that conversation, so much more meaning behind it. I was 
I don't know if I was ever all in on it or not. I get, who knows? This time though, I was 190% invested in what she was saying because I was like, well, this takes on a whole new connotation now because I know that she's going to leave and I know she's going to become something even greater. She's going to be Bendu level. I know what's happening. So it's, I think it just adds so much more to her character and even a little plot about zombie clones and bugs. Yeah. And even Barris Afi, who she's teamed up with here, Barris, you know, with hindsight, we know how her story ends. And it also involves turning her back on the Jedi Order, violently so. Uh, but this is this point where these two girls are still very young and very, um, you know, they buy into the Jedi doctrine and, and they're, they're patriotic Jedi Padawans. But they kind of have different views on it, too. Yes. Yeah. Which you is, can see how different they are. Yeah. And then, sorry, it's just you, you think about how much Lucas, Filoni, and company all knew about the future of these characters. Like, you just you think about it, you're like, this is what this the Clone Wars was made for streaming, it was made mm -hmm. for streaming. That is, it was, just looking back, you know, you don't appreciate it at the time, but it is way ahead of its time in the terms yes. of storytelling. Way ahead of its time. Yeah, Dave Filoni is, as I was watching him, you know, in the special features and showing what he's doing, and he's like, yeah, I wanted to do Mandalore, kind of like this, and I'm just watching him, you know, taking all this joy out of what he's doing. And it, it just made me think, like, when I create a thing, when, you know, if my fantasy books, for example, ever become mega popular and, you know, the whole world loves my fantasy books and it becomes this big franchise thing, I hope I meet somebody like Dave Filoni when I'm an old man. I hope I meet somebody who's like, hey, man, I grew up on your books. I want to do a, a spinoff animated series that takes place in the world of your books. And, and he's going to treat it. He or she is going to treat it with the same love that Dave Filoni is treating Star Wars like. Imagine being George Lucas and meeting that man, like how absolutely heartwarming it must be to meet somebody who loves what you made that much that he's coming up with stories in that world that are arguably even better than the ones you did. Like with, a how with a respect. With a respect, with exactly. A respect. Not a, I could do this better. Exactly. And you know what, maybe, maybe Filoni in the back of his head is like, I could do this better than George Lucas can. I know I can. But, but he knows what's going on. And it's like, you know, when people argue who's the best basketball player, Michael Jordan, LeBron James, I, you know, you could argue forever. You'll never come uh, to an answer. The answer but... is the orange monster, James. <laughs> That's true. the best basketball. It's true. But the, the, the problem, the, the reality is there's no LeBron James without Michael Jordan. Right. So you can never do so. So you, I think it's always best to take what has come before you, take what they have learned, take their knowledge, appreciate their knowledge, and then learn from it, grow on it, expand on it, and come into your own. But you can't do that unless you respect what has been come before you. If you don't respect it, then you just kind of go like this, which I think a lot of people feel happens in a lot of different franchises today. Is people are like, I can do this, and then there's no... I think superhero movies for years were dealt like that. With, mm -hmm. You know, like, like oh, I, I can make that movie. And then they come out, and you're like, wow, look at all the fluorescence. Yeah, I like, but you know, like that's how I feel, and I think the Filoni Lucas relationship is is Filoni learned from George Lucas. Yeah, and it's maybe not the storytelling and the dialogue, but in the understanding of what makes a story, what beats make a story, and 
the respect you have to give to a story, to the backstory and going forward. If you watch those behind the scenes with Lucas in those rooms just talking about nothing, just things that he thought of one day when he was probably drinking a coffee or taking a dump. He's just thinking about something. He's like, well, I have an idea. And then he's, and he's, you're like, what? That's, I didn't get any of that, but amazing. And it's just, there's so much more depth. And I think that's the one thing that Filoni understands is the depth that it takes to tell these stories. Yeah, and he's not afraid to reach into some obscure corners like telling a horror story or telling a Godzilla story or taking like something like Mandalore that was just a mentioned planet once upon a time and really giving it his all and really going to George and being like, what do you want this to be? That's, it, it's just, it's, a, it's courageous storytelling in every sense of the word. And he even, in this in particular, in the, in the second part with Ahsoka and Barriss, I think that they took it to a place that's maybe the darkest that Star Wars has ever gone. Because when, spoilers, Barris gets that worm inside oh, her head. Oh, yeah. And, and, you know, Ahsoka's turning on the, she turns off the, the heating and the ship is freezing cold. And they're they're fighting and, you know, Ahsoka's like, Barris, it's me. I'm your friend. Don't, like, don't hurt me. You got to fight this worm thing. And you see the worm crawling in and out of her face and whatever. And Barris has a little moment of clarity and she looks at Ahsoka and she's just like, please kill me mm-hmm. this is a, a teenage she girl asking that. another teenage girl yeah like oh my god <laughs> that's I, a thing in star wars and, and i think watching it especially this time i knew she what, what, that she wasn't going to do it mm-hmm. i think i think the first time he was probably what you, you knew it wasn't gonna happen but they did it again in a way that made you go oh my god she's gonna sacrifice this jedi she is going yeah. to fact sacrifice this character and this is the this is what's going down because that's how they played it up. And obviously that's not what happens. And she saves her. But it's it's just so well done. And you and you it kind of... I remember there was a... The Mandalorian's coming out in just uh, less than two weeks now. And somebody wrote down like, if you like horror movies, you're going to love it. And I was like, what does that mean? And now looking at, at this and looking at the Mandalorian, you go... You know, they're not too far removed from... like. The, the genres they could really blend together because this one you know it is a horror but it's not a horror it's still that space opera western samurai type feel to it but at the same time man if they want to do anything anything uh supernatural like that they well mandalorian they could and and i was watching this like i would be down for future star wars future clone wars episodes to go down this route but also a live action in this vein just watching it was like I think I'd be all in on it not rated R I don't think there should ever be a a rated R Star Wars that's my personal belief I think Star Wars if you can't tell a good Star Wars movie in PG-13 for whatever or less then you're not telling the right story as far as that's what I believe maybe one day they'll prove me wrong who knows but I think you can do a a story like this uh, you know a little bit edgier maybe not even edgier just live action I think that would do the creep factor a little bit and I would be all on board and it would give us more stuff to talk about in Halloween as well <laughs> oh for sure yeah I mean there's there's little pieces of, of spooky Halloweeny stuff peppered throughout Star Wars but it's never as chunky as it is here mm-hmm. um, I always think back to when we see the world between worlds for the first time um, and we you know Ezra's walking through it and that one portal sort of opens and there's Shivp and he's like got like a cauldron going on and yes. he's like hello little boy whatever and I just think okay you know that that's a cool image um, but I think that would be really impactful if you show that to somebody who kind of knew rebels but didn't know the emperor at all had no idea who the emperor was and they'd be like oh my god who is this horrifying man 
who can look into this world. Like that's, that's insane. It, it took Ezra four seasons to be able to enter this world. And this guy's just like, booga booga. There I am. Like, who is that? Uh, that there's, so there's these little pieces of, of scariness that might not hit us because we're so familiar with the world. But so, so it's nice that, uh, that Filoni and company were able to give us something that it's like, Hey, whether you're a diehard fan or this is your first star Wars thing ever, we're going to scare you. I actually think my nieces and nephew over on the weekend, we were watching some Halloween stuff and I'm like, man, I should have put that on for them. Mm -hmm. I think, you know, I think this is just enough, um, to, to be into it. I think, I think if I said it was star Wars, my oldest niece would be like, no, and walk away. The other two would probably be into it. But I, you know, I think for Halloween, I'm going to try this one next year on them. I'm going to try it out, see how it plays out. They'll all be a little bit older. They're, 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 my oldest will be a teenager by then, so she'll be pff, long gone anyway. She'll be like, no. well, I've got to go tweet. I've got to go tweet. <laughs> uh, boring. A lame uncle putting on Star Wars cartoon. Blah. Hashtag sucks. That's what would happen right there. I think I'm going to, because this was, I, like I said, I was watching it, um, and I was... I was only going to, to be honest, I was going to watch one and then wait and then watch another one. I watched them back to back so fast because I was so into it. I was yeah. like, I loved it. And I loved how at first, like, we're going to trap them all in the cave. And you're, spoilers, you're like, trapped them all in this cave. And you're like, oh, that makes complete sense. That's, that's how you would do it. They were trapped in there anyway. But then some of them got smuggled out for part two. Yeah. And then the, the hapless clones didn't know what hit them. Oh, uh, so good. <laughs> Geonosis is just a terrifying place in general. Even when we go back in Rebels, like it is not a fun place to visit. And uh, I'm even like they have started to generate sympathy for the Geonosians to be like, yeah, the Empire really messed them up. We should be trying to, you know, we should feel sorry for them. That's Star Wars wants you to feel sorry for the Geonosians. I'm like, I'm good. I'm, no I'm, way, you know, man. I'm not, not going to murder them or steal their eggs, but I'm just going to go, you know, far, far away from their planet. That's all. I, I, such a, oh man i love genos i just love that but when they discover all like when they're all discovered and they take over and then he kills them then they're like we've got command of the ship you're like what is happening here this is not what i was expecting whatsoever but you know in, in the first one they're like we're going to take them out this way and it and you know it seemingly works but now you're in space in a ship which is terrible when ahsoka's running and then she goes in the cockpit alone and then she gets attacked in the cockpit i was like yeah brilliant horrifying and she's separated from her master so yeah. you really get that whole you know the, the final girl trope the friday the 13th trope where there's one teenage girl left alone everybody else is dead and you know jason is out there somewhere uh they they totally nailed that aspect of horror it was it was great the difference is this is like 2018 jamie lee curtis so Yes. It was yeah. all good. It was all good. Yeah. Ahsoka's got this covered. You can but handle like, it. I got to talk to Aaron Quinton because I need to get an Ahsoka t-shirt. That's what I need. An Ahsoka t-shirt. I don't have one. I barely have an Ahsoka. Um, he has an Ahsoka vintage that looks... Oh, anyway. Um, they, so they, they so So Snips gets a hold of Sky Guy and they mm -hmm. figure out how to get rid of these gosh darn zombie clones Mm -hmm. they do exactly that yeah that's how you get rid of them you have to make that face at them when they're coming at <laughs> yeah they got to turn on the cold it's like again it's a horror yeah. homage because that's how you killed the blob the blobs yeah. weakness is sub-zero temperatures and uh there's you know you get this great ship 
And again, Clone Wars is so good at showing you Star Wars stuff that you haven't seen before. You get a ship that's like crusted over in ice because they turned off the heating. And Ahsoka, you can see her breath and she's huddled in fear in the cockpit. And Barris runs in and is like, kill me. And it's, it's genuinely disturbing. And it even ends in a horror movie kind of ending way where she wakes up in a hospital bed. And Anakin's yeah. like, hey, it's cool. It's cool. You're, you're fine. Uh, I think almost not every Friday the 13th, but like the first four all ended with somebody waking up in a hospital, if I remember right. So it, they, they're they just nailing the horror homages left, right, and center. Which makes sense because Star Wars, of course, is an homage to the old samurai films and Flash Gordon, and Star Wars is the ultimate homage. And that's what makes it so beautiful is it's so timeless because it is everything. It's not just one thing. We talked about this before. Is Star Star Wars is something different to you? That, like you have, you never had the the little toys when you were a kid. I did. So these things mean something different to everybody, and everybody is right, and everybody can love what they want to love about it. And then whoever wants to make Star Wars can make their own type of Star Wars. Just keep it underrated art. Yeah, exactly. And hopefully somebody makes a Star Wars where they actually go trick or treating, and trick or treating becomes canon. And instead of houses, you go to different planets. And it's like you fly to Kashyyyk and you're like, trick-or-treat. And they give you like tree bark with chocolate on it. You're like, Rrr. And then you go to like Camino and they give you um, like Smarties or something. But they all look exactly the same. Like they're all the same color because uh, it's Camino. And they you go, you one to, Smartie. Imagine you go to Kashyyyk though. <laughs> one Smartie. It's all just like one like silver and blue Smartie. It's our Django <laughs> smarty. But, but Kashyyyk, they give out fried pork. <laughs> That's what they give out on Kashyyyk. I'd be totally down for that. Uh, speaking <laughs> of trick-or-treating, let's wrap the show up. Andrew, top three favorite all-time horror movie icons. Ooh, I like characters? Yeah. Well, I, oh. mean, I guess any iconic horror movie. Oh, my God. This is hard. Okay. I think I would have to go with number three. Jason Voorhees. Got um, it. Number two, the combined trifecta of Michael Myers, Laurie Strode, and Dr. Loomis, because together they're just like, when those three characters are in the same scene, it's just wonderful to watch. And number one, the Jigsaw Killer from Saw, because he is leagues ahead of any other villain, almost any other villain. He's just a force of nature. How about you? I'm going to go as cheesy as possible. Freddy Krueger at number three, the scream killer from Scream, and my all-time favorite horror-looking guy. Now that yours are all good. They're, they're all good. That's why they're icons. Number one for me, my favorite since childhood, Chucky. I mean, he's uh, I was I, I thought for a second, I got really excited. I thought your number one was going to be the Headless Horseman. From I, but I don't count team. that as horror, though. Okay, but, uh, yes, uh, that would be if I counted him as. I meant like horror because I I want to watch that and I can't. I don't have it. The, I don't the cartoon. It. Well, if you come over uh, Thursday uh, tonight, if you come over Halloween night, I'm watching it with Aaron. We're watching it. I own it. I would give it. I give it to you, but it's on DVD. I was gonna buy. Uh, if I get the digital copy between now and when I watch it tonight, Andrew, I could send you my Apple Ooh. ID and password. But that probably won't happen because it's going to be on Disney Plus in less than two weeks. So I'm kind oh, of like, that's oh. true. I can, I can yeah. wait. If it's going to be for sure on Disney it's, Plus, it's I can on the it. list. It made the list. I checked. That was the first, I, first things I checked for were. So it's the Adventures of, of Ichabod and Mr. Toad. That, mm -hmm. but you just got to skip the Mr. Toad part to get the Sleepy Hollow, the Bing Crosby yeah. grand finale. It's phenomenal. So it. is that? 
Uh, and then the other thing I looked for was Dumbo Circus, this old live action show where it was like all everybody in costumes and um, Jim Cummings does a voice of somebody on it. But I was obsessed with this show. It was like a family channel show, 6 a.m., like weekdays or weekends or something it used to be on. Like when I was, this is like late 80s, right? This is, I think it's before the 90s even. And uh, I used to watch it all the time. Loved it. It did not make the cut, apparently. Um, I know the theme song still. Dumbo Circus Flying. Anyway, it was phenomenal. Great show. It's basically like uh, mascots and costumes. Like, I'm Dumbo. Yeah, this is our circus. <laughs> all I know is in all of the world, there's nobody like Katrina. That's I'm taking that to the bank. No. I love that movie. When I went to when I went to Disney World a year ago in October, they have a Sleepy Hollow Cafe, and all day, yeah, 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 it's not that exciting. It just has the sign up front, but it was awesome. So I was like, Aaron's like, "Okay, James, what do you want to do?" It was getting later. We were with the kids and everything, and I wanted Brock told me to get this drink. I said, "I want this drink," but. I just want something from Sleepy Hollow Cafe. That's all. I just want to go there. She's like, what do you want to get there? I'm like, I don't know what they have. And I don't care. And I actually was like not getting certain <laughs> things throughout the day. I'm like, not until I go to Sleepy Hollow. And so we went to Sleepy Hollow and I got an ice cream sandwich with churros for the buns. My God, Andrew. I, it was worth the wait. And I went in and they said name because they take your name like a Starbucks. And I said Ichabod silence if that silence. place doesn't have pumpkin spice latte yeah. that is well, a they, tra- they, travesty of a missed opportunity they did not it was a missed opportunity it had nothing to do with sleepy hollow just was called that and i guess they were like ah, we don't need they don't need to chase a sign but it was uh there's two things i really wanted when we went to magic kingdom it was i wanted something uh, there's a few i wanted oliver and company no acknowledgement of oliver and company at all goofy movie there was pins of a goofy movie so that was exciting but nothing else um, and then, but I really wanted something Sleepy Hollow because that's my all-time favorite. And right behind it, I wanted to hear the Davy Crockett theme song, and I did. And I sang along. And I'm not making this up. My my niece, who was with me the whole day, she was six at the time, was like looking at me like, "What are you doing?" And then other kids would come along and be like, "Davy, Davy," and they would walk and be like, "Who's this old guy?" And I was like, "I'm the king of the wild frontier." And um, so anyway, I, I guess I guess I don't know what's happened, but Disney World and myself have like plateaued in Frontierland, and kids have like surpassed it. But we, D- Frontierland and me, are still side by side. Anyway, I thought I know you're a big Sleepy Hollow guy. Uh, I think next Halloween we should go to Sleepy Hollow, New York, like Terrytown. Trying to do that for like five years, and yeah. it's going to happen before I die. I've told Erin that's like my dream, and she doesn't believe me that it's oh. a real place. So that's <laughs> it's great. And if you've never watched it, there was a live action show called Sleepy Hollow that came out a yes. few years ago. It only lasted like four seasons. It was great. It was it, cheesy as hell, but it's exactly what it should be. And it's it will exactly. also not be on Disney Plus. No, it won't. I think it was a. Well, was it a Fox it show? It was, it was, but it's not on the list. So I don't know if uh, Fox, Fox might not, might have just like aired it. They might not have the rights. I don't know what it was. So it's not on there. Orlando Jones is awesome. All right. That's our Halloween show. Clone Wars, cloning around, which will be more in depth than this. That's coming. Mm-hmm. End of November, November 26th, I believe. Just to get you all ready for American Thanksgiving. Going to be a lot of fun. Andrew, take it home. 
Happy Halloween to every single one of you scumbags. I hope you're wearing a costume right now and I hope you're doing exactly what James is doing because if you're not, you are insulting the Halloween gods and they will come for your souls. We didn't mention Warwick Davis as the leprechaun once. Oh, I'm sorry, Warwick. Warwick Davis as the leprechaun, Halloween staple. There we go, we said it. But thanks so much for watching, scumbags. Happy, happy Halloween and may the dark side of the force be with you. Hey scumbags, thanks for watching. Don't forget to give us a thumbs up on our video. As always, please subscribe to our YouTube channel, Rebel Scum Podcast, for all the latest videos.